Hello and welcome to another episode of That's So Random, a random movie podcast. I am Heath Lambert. My guest this episode from Delight in Fright, a YouTube YouTube Shroot Farms, a YouTube channel you should definitely go and check out. Luna and Cat. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hi there, everyone. Thank you for joining me to talk about <laughs> 1989's Beyond Dreams Door, a fairly incomprehensible film. Yes? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yes, I can agree with that. And here's why you can't trust people on Letterboxd, people on whatever, you know, because I was seeing a lot of really good reviews for this movie, calling it like a lo-fi masterpiece. And like I'm like, Whatever you guys are on, send me some because holy shit. Like a, a lo fi mat, like Evil Dead One, that's a lo fi master. Like that, you know, that's doing something. This is just nonsense. I think it's definitely fun nonsense, though. Yeah, I mean, and your, uh, your mileage may vary, you know, I don't know. I think you would think I would be in after as many terrible movies as I've done on this show. You'd think I would be pretty inured to it. It reminds me a lot of a previous episode of the show, Nightwish, a similar movie in that it's lots of dream logic and it, but Nightwish at least had like a baseline of reality you could work from. Whereas this beyond dreams door from one scene to the next is it's all dream logic. So I have nothing to grab onto, you know, like none of it. <laughs> there's no, there's no there there. I don't know for me. For me, I was completely lost at the beginning. I just felt like I was watching somebody have narcolepsy and come in and out of consciousness. And I just couldn't um, fathom whether it was like a sleepwalker or what was going on. And then towards the end, things started to make a little bit more sense. Still not enough sense, but enough sense to where I'm like, ah, I'm getting the gist of what is happening. But at the very beginning, I don't, I didn't know if I was dealing with, like I said, somebody with narcolepsy, you know, passing out everywhere and kind of going into sleep land every five seconds or so. Well, that's the viewer or me anyway <laughs> i found it really hard to take notes for this because it was i don't even know what to write down because what am i describing like there's a lot of cool stuff behind me on the wall i will give you anything of your choice if you can in one sentence tell me what the fuck happened in this movie <laughs> challenge go I, 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 that's <laughs> anybody what I, that's what i figured we'd try to figure out together <laughs> i mean we can try but so what I gathered from this is he goes and has a sleep study done. During the sleep study, a portal is opened. This entity feeds on the uh, fear of people and knowing that they will perish. It latches onto its friends and you know coyness and coyances until all is gone. And then you have a survival slash sleep slash awake kind of reality until 
the curse is lifted in a way until that find the page you know he was looking for that page but you never truly know how that page is going to destroy this entity so it kind of leaves it a lot to your imagination i i would say it leaves all of it to your imagination because that's <laughs> i mean that's a pretty good description but oof, i don't know that most people would get there did, did it, i win it me of <laughs> you did, did i win did i win or not close i don't think that was one sentence if that's your elevator pitch it took way too long oh, run on sentence uh, maybe it anyway, reminds Kat, me of in say. the mouth of madness it, it was very you take that back <laughs> i mean i love in the mouth of madness but there were there were certain like weird elements that i've i've once people try to do uh hp lovecraft stuff low budget it's it's pretty much what you end up with <laughs> weirdness yeah and i love i love lovecraftian stuff but there are so few well-made well-done good lovecraftian that's like i mean in the mouth of madness is like the best lovecraftian movie and it's not even based on an actual lovecraft story it just captures the feel and the vibes you know yeah but so many so many lovecraft adaptations and things that are supposed to be lovecraftian are really missed the mark or are misreading lovecraft or something i don't know or are just not well made and this falls into all of those <laughs> i feel like can you know. guys help me identify something that i'm still like having trouble grasping Probably not, but we'll try. What truly happened at the end when he went into that cellar and then the doors fell on him and he was holding on to the, the page? Like, did he, and he was like kind of rubbing it? Was he trying to burn it caught from friction? Or I feel like there's he, easier ways. Did he, like, what happened to him? Was he down there forever stuck with this thing or is he dead? I think a better question is how do you trap? a metaphysical being in a physical location i mean the monster is already running around all over everywhere all your friends everywhere you've ever been because it's coming out of your dreams how can you then trap it in a floor <laughs> like what right <laughs> I, I think he kind of he locked himself in the trap door with the monster um and holding on to the page, hoping, I guess, he's going to risk his life and have the monster chase him endlessly so that he can, the monster doesn't get out and hurt anyone else. I... <laughs> or something. I don't know. In honor of the film, should we speak in really halting sentences where we stop in the middle for no reason and yeah. pause? Yeah. yeah, we should try that. I'm sure it's harder than it looks. I, I try not to get hurt, like make personal attacks on people, but the performances in this movie are. What you don't like? And the, I look, I get it. I get it. Was, monster. It was like a film class, you know, yeah, very low budget, film school kind of. I get it, but that I can only lower the bar so far, you know. See, when I saw this film, maybe I thought. Oh, you know, I'm a millennial. I have very high expectations of effects and of, you know, practical effects and stuff like that. Cause I grew up with very good 
practical effects. So I'm like, eh, maybe my bar is a little too high because we had a lot of modern things when growing up. But now that I hear the same thing from you guys, I'm like, eh, maybe I was just being too nice thinking it was just me, a millennial having high standards. But I think, yeah, the effects are a little rough. It's definitely yeah, mystery the effects, science theater. The script, the acting. <laughs> I was just thinking that when I was, because I was thinking, yeah, if this was made in like 1956 or something and it was black and white, this monster, you'd see it on Mystery Science, science Theater and they'd be making jokes about it. But it's 1989, and I get they had no they had no budget. But then you know what? Then just don't even make a monster because this looks like it just walked off the set of Wonder Chosen. Like it looked, the eyes are so like Sesame Street puppet eye. It's wild. And what was with the kid with the bulging eyes? What? His little brother who yeah, makes Ralph no difference in this film whatsoever. Uh... Was. Was the little brother dead, and that's why he was visiting him from the dream world in an altered state with the bulging eyes? I can't tell you because I don't know what's a dream and what's not. We he tells us that his parents died or whatever, his family's dead, but we have the scene where he's trying to do homework, and his little brother wants to play hide and seek with him, and then he see like which seems like oh that this is real. But then he's trapped behind he's trapped behind this shelf for no reason, and the monsters. <laughs> Them, and the kid is sitting there just watching it and then he wakes up and there's no little brother anymore so i'm assuming the little brother died too but that's what i mean is the the dream and waking all blend together so much with no sort of line of demarcation for us mm-hmm. to be able to tell which is which like it's not lit differently it's exactly. not shot differently it all just blends together to where you don't know i assumed he just had a little brother who was bothering while he's doing homework nope and Guess I love not. That the kid watches I... him get murdered and just, just he's cool with it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's the guy who wrote and directed this also <laughs> this makes a lot of sense to me. Co-wrote uh, another previous movie I've done for this show called Train Quest, which is one of the goofiest movies I've ever seen and yet is way better and more coherent than this thing is. So, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> And that was a movie about people being turned into uh, little miniature plastic people on a train set and having to escape that. So, Sounds yeah, like that an movie made theory. more sense than that. <laughs> Sounds like he needs to go to therapy because he's running away from something. Or towards something. I don't know. That's, that, I don't know. Let's dive into the notes. Like, kind of go beat by beat. Or not beat by, I mean, but that's that's especially hard to do for this movie because the beats are so scattershot and all over the place. And what one scene doesn't necessarily lead into the next in a way that stories do. So instead of beat by beat, do you mean dream by dream? <laughs> Sorry, I had to. I like you, Luna. <laughs> well, for, you can tell it's 1989 because it's under 90 seconds before there's boobs. Yeah. Like instantaneous nudity. I'm like, oh, it's 1989. Straight to video movie. That's what we're doing. Throughout the film, he'll see these visions of this like temptress lady, this naked lady who's trying to. But what does that have to do with the monster? What does that have to do with his parents or his little brother or any? It's is that the monster appearing to him in a form he will appreciate? But then why not do that all the time? Why appear as a big scary red puppet and scare him if you're trying to lure him? You see what I mean? There's not a lot of internal. I know it's dream logic, but I still need 
a little bit of logic. Yeah, and he had bacon fingers. Maybe he just wanted him to be a vegetarian with the bacon fingers <laughs> chasing him. I mean, do we think that it was legitimately bacon? Because it might have been. <laughs> like the prop might have been made of bacon, which good on you. But I don't know. And this guy, Ben Dobbs, he's played by a guy. He looks like slightly handsomer Jamie Kennedy. Does that make sense? Yeah, I can see it. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And now, is he supposed to be a high schooler or college student? I didn't understand that because I'm like, you're too old to be in both demographics. No, he's he's in college because it's TAs. It's teacher's assistants are these two friends. Of his, or not friends of his, but the two people that he drags into his dream. And it's Professor Knox, this lunatic Professor Knox. So, yeah, he's in college, but doesn't seem to be doing a lot of <laughs> schoolwork. He's just writing his dreams down and handing them to his professor as if their professor should give a shit. Because so I went to college and I tell you what, if I went to my professor and said, here, Here's a dream I had. I wrote it down. It's five pages. Will you read this, please? They would have laughed in my face. Unless you're doing <laughs> like a psych to do. unless you're doing a psychology course where you have to identify your fears through your dreams or some sort of, you know, analysis like that. Was he a psych student? Perhaps. Yeah, he was. He was in the psych class and he took part in the the psychology department's dream study. But like that's something you hand off to your TA. You don't even touch that. If he tries to hand that to you, you go, oh, you give that to, go give that to Eric. I don't want, this should not cross my desk. And then the minute like, of white suits come and take you do. away. <laughs> I'm a, I am of the opinion that unless someone is sleeping with you, they don't get to tell you about their dreams. You know, I don't want to hear it. Because <laughs> I know it's really profound or and or funny to you. It's just nonsense to the rest of us. Keep it to yourself. The only only people have a right to tell me, oh my God, I just had the weirdest dream. Oh yes, go on, is the person who's literally having sex with me. That's the only person. Otherwise, no thanks. Really? That's so interesting. I find people's dreams so fascinating and I have the most vivid and wild dreams. So it's like kind of fun telling somebody so they can know how fucked up my brain is. So I don't know. <laughs> it's interesting. Well, you might have more. You might have more interesting people in your life than than I have, maybe. <laughs> but <laughs> I've never had someone start explaining a dream to me, and I go, "Wow, that is interesting." <laughs> like that's never once happened. I'm always. It's either you should seek help, or <laughs> uh, it is cool. You had you had an RV in your dream, huh? That's cool. And you went. Oh, you went to a circus. All right. And your mom was there. That's cool. No, that's deep. Tell me more. <laughs> like, you know. Makes sense. But My husband told me about it. I'm glad, I'm glad you have very interesting dreams. <laughs> yeah. But see, he's earned the right. Yeah, he has. I was hoping for something kinky, but it wasn't. It was just weird. <laughs> oh. My wife is going to listen to this, and she's the one who always has RVs in her dreams for some reason. So I love you. Aww. <laughs> you can tell me about your RV dreams because... <laughs> You're goodly enough to sleep with me. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I guess I'll gotta think more carefully when I decide to tell people my dreams about my uh, serial killer grandma hiding bodies in her basement. Those are the kind of dreams I have. But see, that's but... an interesting dream. <laughs> Not, I was at the post office and I looked and on the wall there was a wanted poster, but it was for Ronald McDonald? Fucked up, right? <laughs> no? 
That's just random shit. What are you talking about? I don't care. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) So there's these, yeah, he has this hide and seek dream where his little brother and there's this monster puppet who's trying to get him. And then he wakes up. He goes to class. We spend a lot of time with these psychology TAs. Julie's been a TA for a while. Eric's the new TA, even though he looks like he is conservatively 37 years old. But he, you know, he comes in, he's like, oh, is this my desk? And the, prof- well, we don't know it's professor's first. A guy comes in and is telling him, like, I need to know right now how I did on my test because, like, my whole future depends on whatever. And he's like, well, well it's like everything's cool. And this fucking lunatic pulls a gun out, a revolver, puts it to his own eye. And Eric just sits there, like, <laughs> he's very slowly reaching for the phone, but, like, like, you're not faster than a speeding bullet, my friend. But it's just Professor Knox. He does this to all the TAs. What a funny guy. No, you leave the department and go be a TA for the zoology or some, like somewhere else because that guy is going to get you killed. <laughs> yeah. I thought that scene would have totally been canceled in today's uh, culture. It, I was like, whoa, that's like a kind of cruel joke. And I know in this time, I don't know if that kind of thing would be allowed in film, which is tragic but i thought it was interesting i don't know i think in an r-rated horror movie you could get away with it but beyond that no probably not (laughs) probably not and what kind of guy does that is he trying to prank him or he i mean it comes across as a cruel and stupid prank but because julie's like oh yeah he did that to me i ran out in the hallway screaming (laughs) like okay you're psychologically like it's some sort of psychological test he's putting his tas through to see if they cut the mustard but what for what purpose? Like, what are you gleaning? What information are you learning about them? That they're like good under pressure. If someone threatens to shoot themselves in the eye over their grades, they know what to do. Like, no one knows what to do about that. It's an untenable situation. And then he pulls from his back pocket. This is made me laugh. He pulls from his back pocket a comb, and then just like very dramatically starts combing his hair. Yeah, he thinks he's the Fonz. I don't know. <laughs> It's a real goofy. I feel like that had to be the actor. Like, I got a thing. I came up this last night. Can I try this thing? And they're like, all right, <laughs> guess that's your th- the comb is your thing. Okay. But it's so like, it's like, gee, he's really making a meal out of just running a comb through his hair. But this guy's a nutcase. But yeah, Ben hands his typed up dream journal to Professor Knox. And Professor Knox actually reads it and just immediately thinks this is important stuff. Why? It reminds him of some article he read 20 years ago about a guy who had the exact same dream. 20 years ago, a guy had a dream about his little brother playing hide and seek with him. And what are you talking about? (laughs) I think he was having the same dreams too. Or who knows if it was a dream or not a dream. He was kooking up. Well, that (laughs) that night at his house, Professor Knox, after he reads it, sees the little brother like in his house. And that makes him like, whoa. But that's still, I don't know. It's just the the conclusion that he jumps to very quickly of like, this is like world shattering cosmic horror business we have going on and we need to investigate. Like, or you read this guy's creepy dream and it affected you. And now you had your own dream about his little brother. Like he just jumps to this is earth shattering stuff. We need to drop everything and investigate very quickly. Before we get too far from the comb scene, I was trying to 
figure out the name of it. But you know that thing that new new kids do where they make like sounds, they'll like they'll like play with the brush and then put it so close to the mic and then what is that called? I I Oh, a- ASMR. Yes. So that comb when he was playing with the comb, I'm like, is he doing ASMR? Is this like the the way it started because it was like it sounded so interesting when he was like the comb was just rubbing on his finger i'm like the fuck kind of asmr shit's going on in here yeah the as he runs his fingers down the yeah i think he's just being annoying in another way to people (laughs) because he can't help himself yeah some guy named df white had the same dream 20 years ago he remembers it in a textbook or a something that he read so long ago so they're at the library they're trying to find this book they find the book but it's missing <laughs> this this is where again if if someone can explain to me because i'm a pretty smart guy i feel like i'm usually steps ahead of a movie this one i was buried there's a page missing and this page is proof and again the page is just describing a dream a guy had 20 years ago but this page is proof, rock-solid, scientific, I guess, proof that this dream monster is real and is coming to get you. So we have to find this page to prove. How? How is that proof? How are the ramblings of a lunatic who's in prison <laughs> scientific evidence of this dream monster and now we can prove it to Ripley's Believe It or Not or what? Like. What do you, what do you, what does any of this mean? Well, whoever has the paper, the monster stalks you for it. So that's your proof. You you can see the monster. He kills you. The end. <laughs> yeah, but Ben didn't have the page when he started having the dreams. He just randomly started having the dreams. So the page, the monster didn't need him to have the page then. True. Then he suddenly does. <laughs> you have to, I have to get the page back from you so that you can't prove to people I exist but I'm going to keep appearing to everyone you know and showing them that I exist. So this plan is fucked from Jump Street. Like, I don't know. <laughs> this, for a cosmic being, has not thought this through. Yeah, I I personally was confused about that page thing also because he's so sure that this page is going to be like his saving grace, but did he read all of it or is he just assuming what's on it or did he see the page and then it suddenly disappeared and then he knows what's in it um so you know what kind of happened there it's the opposite the pages like reappear because in in the library so professor knox is killed by the monster and his bloody (laughs) horrible makeup effect (laughs) crawling across the floor to deliver he's literally dying he's been torn to pieces his face looks like mush and he's taking the time to like i must push this This book across the floor to this kid i met two days ago it was his last book recommendation (laughs) to get the book to ben and when ben opens the book first off ben has zero reaction not zero reaction he runs away but this professor his professor was just brutally murdered in front of him he runs off he never tells anyone about it he does not call the police again because did it happen for real or did it happen in a dream couldn't fucking tell you but he tells nightmares on crack (laughs) he just goes about his day continues to go to class like (laughs) what are you talking about and but when he first gets the book from the professor yeah there's there's a 
books and pages torn out of the middle. And that's a, the account of this DF white guy having the same dream that Ben is having or whatever. I could, I, my head hurts even just saying these sentences. But, but then he brings the book to Eric, the TA. And when he opens it, the pages are there. And he freaks out, like throws the book across the room, like, oh, God, those pages were gone. And now they're there. But then they are, but they aren't really. He just saw that they were, because we never like, open the book again to see if they're gone or not. So yeah, he said, but it, it was regular, regular, a regular book. It didn't have anything about what he thought it did before. I mean, the audience can't see the look on my face right now, but <laughs> yeah, it's real inexplicable stuff. It it was very confusing. The page, the whole page thing. I'm like. But he was so convinced, was kind of sold it for me, that he knew something was missing from that book that was going to save him, is the fact that the actor in that scene, I'm not talking about his old overall performance, but in that scene, he was just like, it was there. I, You know, he was just so convincing with his tone and with his body language that this was going to save him. So I kind of believed him. I don't know if I was naive for that, but I'm like, well, you know, the, the plot didn't make sense, but I believe the actor. Fair. That's fair. So the, the, the film, the TV miniseries of Stephen King's It came out in 1990, um, but the book came out in 1986, and the guy who made this movie fucking read that book yeah. because there is so much sewer imagery <laughs> and red balloons floating <laughs> around and then popping and blood comes out like lifted straight out of it like crate like crazy there's definitely there's also a um a misery book behind one of the the guys as well so apparently he's a king fan telling on himself <laughs> don't leave evidence of your thievery <laughs> yeah so julie the ta is like i haven't seen professor knox in a couple of days i better try to call him and she calls his number and nobody answers, says it's disconnected. So she calls the operator or the phone company or whatever. And they're like, there's no such person. There's no such number. Goodbye. Yeah. He ghosted her. He was oh. like, nah. <laughs> no, but not only that, like, it's like his house does not exist anymore. So when the monster kills you, it erases you from yeah. existence, sort of, except people still remember you. So not really. You just don't like you and your house and your phone number go away. But everyone else, everyone still remembers you and like wonders where you're at. And we see the janitor, the janitor with hooks for both hands and like prosthetic Stuts. hands on both that he's Stuts. we see him we see him mopping just like a little like a tiny like little puddle of blood in the library, but not the huge mess of blood that Professor Knox would have left behind. Like and the janitor is a whole character who's maybe f from a dream, but no I can't tell you. I, I, I think the janitor is an extension of the monster because when you see the monster, sometimes he'll, you know, he'll show his true form. So maybe the janitor is the monster. That's interesting. And maybe yeah, the, the sexy janitor, lady too. And the sex, I was just going to say, and the sexy lady too. He takes many forms. You, you, Luna, I love you. You have put so much more thought into this. <laughs> then I can be fucking arsed to and I guess not more than the people who wrote it because you have found something here that I so good maybe you're, are you going to turn me around on this movie <laughs> maybe in the end I'm like no it is a lo-fi masterpiece letterbox was right 
Yeah, and Bannon's just carrying on as if nothing happened, going to Eric, hey, you, you need to read this thing now. It just got Professor Knox killed. I'm not going to tell you that, but like, I know it just got Professor Knox killed. Like, he's not cluing them in because they're like, have you seen Professor Art Knox? And he's like, don't worry about it. Read this thing. <laughs> like, what? You're actively passing this curse on. Like, it follows. Right. Or and the then, ring. <laughs> or the <Seven> ring. Days. <laughs> not bothering to tell them that Professor Knox is dead. And I still don't understand why you are so convinced that this is the key to unlocking everything. It's just, you know. Especially since you don't have the corroborating... Professor Knox told you the missing pages from this book is a guy who had the same dream as you. You should check it out. But you haven't seen those pages. You haven't read that. You have no proof that that story is even true. <laughs> Professor Knox isn't just misremembering a movie he saw 20 years ago, you know? But he's putting his all into it. Perhaps does Ben not know that this is causing the... At this time in the movie when he's like, read this book, read this book. Maybe he's like obsessive like um he's just you know hyper fixating on this one thing that when they bring up professor knox he's just like no 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 we're we're discussing this one thing you know let's focus on this maybe is he just kind of hyper fixating on just that because that's his main concern at that time yeah that could be or that's a that's a generous read mine is more that he's just a he's just a weak like you can this is exactly how like cult of personalities and uh, certain politicians or celebrities or whoever that get these followers is because someone, someone came to you and said, I had a dream and you look them in the eye and you say, yes. And it's the most important thing in the universe. And I'm listening to you. And now they will follow you. <laughs> You've sold them that like, yes, I am the most, I am the center of the universe and my dreams are the most important thing. <laughs> You know, and that's how you get. Yeah, yeah. that's how cults start. Uh -huh. so Professor Knox. L. Ron really Hubbard material, then. <laughs> mm hmm. <laughs> hey, my shitty, my shitty sci-fi books are the <laughs> keys to unlocking. Yes. Did I tell you about the the alien ghosts that live in a volcano? No. Just pay pay me like eight hundred thousand dollars, and I'll tell you all about the secret of the <laughs> volcano alien ghosts. And I looked up the name of the character, uh, Ben Dobbs, because I remember um, from In the Mouth of Madness, remember there was Dobbs End or something, someplace Ho of Ho Hobbs, Hobbs End. End. Okay. But I did find some interesting stuff about Dobbs. Apparently it's a 1970s fictional person that they said was the prophet of some church of subgenius. Basically, it's like a parody religion that was created based on a 1950s jehovah one which is one of the elder gods so i mean that kind of went in a circle around craziness and came back to lovecraft so i just i thought that was interesting <laughs> see this is why this is why i have guests rather than just talking to myself because we got luna's finding meaning where i can't you're doing research that i <laughs> could not be bothered to do not for this movie <laughs> You're bringing it. You guys are bringing it. But yeah, he, he tells uh, Eric, right? Yeah, Eric Baxter is the TA. He's telling him about, okay, I had another dream where I'm in like a concrete thing and there's like big concrete trapdoors in the floor. And Eric's immediately like, oh, I know where that is. And takes him there. Like, oh, so it's probably, a, yeah, it's probably a place you've seen. Like, I don't know. But it's going to be super important later. And, and Eric also 
just jumps into this so you know like i don't know this guy's telling me like you're what i feel like he's spending a lot of time on <laughs> the dreams of someone he has not right met. and wasn't he or, crushing you know, on julie really know. him and julie have a weird kind of because <laughs> the first time that he comes in the office and it seems like they barely know each other he goes in for a kiss and she dodges it and i'm like whoa buddy what the fuck is this the villain of the movie but then later she's like, but she kissed me and they kissed me. It doesn't feel like, and again, who can tell because these are barely characters, but it doesn't seem like they're boyfriend and girlfriend, but there's some kind of, you know, they're into each other and maybe a will they, won't they, they won't. <laughs> but, and again, maybe this is a dream. Maybe it's real. I don't know. But Ben's just out. There's a lot of walking in this movie, just walking. But Ben's out walking and he sees the pages are, fl- are blowing away in the wind. And he runs to catch them. And then his evil doppelganger appears and yes, grabs his wallet like, and runs into the sewer with it. I was I wondering <laughs> who the hell that guy was. Because <laughs> he looked like him, but like scruffy and hopeless. <laughs> yeah, the kind of, yeah, he kind of looked like a cooler version of Ben. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Ben that tried Beth. <laughs> but he steals his, yeah, he steals his wallet and runs into the sewer. And then he's like, and they have a con, you know, they're having conversation, but it's just them saying esoteric shit to each other that doesn't really mean anything. He's not getting actual answers out of this guy. <laughs> He's like, "Go away, get out of my sewer." I like that he was like, "Don't follow me." Then stop running. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what is he a cop? <laughs> Why are you running? Because you chased me. <laughs> I was scared. And then there was like some graffiti. Was it the dreamer's dead and the dream is dying or something like that? I think it's part of the poem that the name comes from, which I'm fairly, I think it's supposed to sound like Lovecraft wrote it, but I'm fairly certain it was made, just written and made up for this movie. Beyond Dreams Door is where horror lies, blah, blah, blah. We'll hear it a couple times in the movie. I think that's the best but... part of the movie. <laughs> Later when we're hearing the poem and we're just seeing kind yeah, of random yeah, spooky images. Yeah, that is 100% the best part of the movie because it's not, you can just, the poem's not very good, but you can just listen to it and you're seeing something visually interesting, which you're not going to see for the rest of the movie. I guess there's flourishes off, where though. he's trying. Like when he has a dream, because he has a dream about finding his parents and they have the bloody red head rolls off the bed and then the monster's like under the sheet but when he comes in it keeps showing the light bulb burning out in like very close up and slow-mo which is like interesting and cool but it belongs in a different movie maybe I don't know <laughs> what did you think about the goth poetry Luna did you like it Um, I was kind of like sidetracked at that point because I was still trying to figure out how the fuck that guy that he was chasing down the sewer thing, how he got there. Because I'm like, who is he? Why is he there? Why Why did he take that item from him? Who put him there? It was a, his subconscious. I, I just, I'm like, what the fuck is that? At first, I'm like, maybe it's a hobo trying to steal his shit. But then I'm like, but it's him. So... It just made no freaking sense. Well, and here's the thing, and it's the problem with the movie is, is that it doesn't matter <laughs> because, again, it might be a dream. It might not be a dream. We don't know. It comes to nothing. And it's not like at the end of the movie, the doppelganger returns from the shadows. Here's your wallet back and it saves the day. Like, it does not matter at all. So 
<laughs> there's not really enough backstory on any of the characters for you to really care about them. At least I didn't think so. No. I was going to say, no, not really. And if you think about it, there's doubles. There's a but throughout the movie, there's a lot of doppelganger doubles where it's like he'll be talking to somebody and then they'll say something and you're like, that's not the real version of him. You know what I mean? So there's like all these versions of each other. Like you got the evil version and this and this. And you're, you're like, who's who's uh, making copies of these people and why do they care to make copies of them? I noticed the dialogue was like that too. Like there was the guy that said, never seen a hand before. And then there was, what was it? Uh, never seen, never touched a dream before. One of the sexy ladies said to him. It's just like... <laughs> A lot of duplication. Either they just forgot like how to write dialogue. It was like, oh, let's just uh, do what we did before, but a little different. I don't know. When that's and that's the problem with basing everything. Dream logic, when used well, can be very disorienting and very interesting. And you know, but you can't have it be every frame of the movie. It cannot be dream logic because then there's no nothing anyone says matters. Nothing anyone does matters. Mm-hmm. It's like listening to metal music and it's all the same tone and the same bass. None of it's going to matter. None of it's going to hit you hard because it's all the same. (laughs) It's just like me. Yeah. And you're left with questions like if the monster can turn into this sexy lady in his dreams and seduce him that way, why then immediately undercut that by scaring him away by turning into the monster? Like just keep working the sexy lady angle. It's going to work. You're getting them close, they you know, pick so, a lane. can only afford so much boob, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they can only afford so much puppet, too. But <laughs> right. That didn't stop them. So Julie, the TA, is watching back the video recording of him when he did the dream study. And right as he's, like, dreaming and starting to talk in sleep, it just turns to static. And she's like, oh, that's weird. So I guess that's when this this like the inciting incident that's when this started that's when whatever this is came through but why then because there's no there's no like big secret of like here's why you're the chosen one or here like it doesn't matter it's just random i guess i don't know and then the monitor starts showing the hallway just the hallway of the school like as if there were a camera right outside her door in the hallway which i guess would freak you out but it's not showing anything scary it's just the hallway and she's can see Eric like walking back in it after his confrontation with the hook hand janitor. And then like, they both get so freaked out by this empty hallway with nothing in it that they like run out of the building. We got to get to our car quick, quick for what you didn't see anything. I was thinking maybe it was going to just, cause it seemed like everything was a dream. So I was like, is it going to end with just up? Uh, him waking up and her unplugging him from the sleep dream or whatever the test she she was doing and it was all a dream but no it wasn't even that clever at the end which is how which is how the movie night night wish ends okay. it all turns out to be part of this dream like you see a little bit of the dream study at the beginning and then hey we're the students we're going off on a trip to do this other experiment and a thing and then a bunch of crazy shit happens and then there's aliens for no reason but then at the end it turns out it was just like spoilers for a movie i did 100 episodes ago but there's still enough because you don't know that till the very end it's still a twist it's still it's a lame twist but it's still a twist it still makes you look back on what you've seen and reevaluate it right but because this is 
nonstop every second, every scene <laughs> is the dream logic. There's nothing to reflect back on. It's not a twist. It's just like the whole movie can't be a twist. <laughs> can't that doesn't work. So it's like they just put all the scenes and like dropped them all in a box and picked them up and stuck them together. It was like, here's your movie. Easy editing. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the editor was walking in and then he fell down the stairs and everything and it's oh no and he just threw it's due in five minutes just threw everything back in the box and handed it to him because it doesn't matter what order you watch the scenes in practically maybe if they did that it would have been better the oopsie cut release it hashtag at least like at least a david lynch movie still has a baseline as weird and dreamlike and crazy as those can get there's still a baseline of there are characters here whose like feelings and motivations I understand. <laughs> and there's just no baseline here because I don't understand what any of these people are doing or why. I don't know. Yeah. I was looking at like the colors of their shirts and stuff. I did notice a lot of red shirts. Did you notice that, Luna? I didn't pay attention to their clothes because I was just trying to figure out what the fuck was going on. <laughs> but going back to the David Lynch thing. His, I don't understand his movies. Like Lost Highway, I was lost on the, this Lost Highway. I don't, I, I was like, what the hell is going on? It's just, I don't know. I, didn't, I couldn't follow it. But for some reason, as crazy as the sounds, I was able to follow this more than Lost Highway. Um, so David Lynch films, I struggle with. So I'll probably have to sit down with Cat and kind of talk through it while we watch it together because I was like, oh god. Get me a taxi. Oh, one of those you you got to watch a couple times to really. The first time I watched it, I was the same way. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> well, I, it, I would like it noted that uh, Luna has just publicly said she prefers <laughs> Beyond Dream's Door to David Lynch's Lost <laughs> I don't prefer it. I just shirt for the, the director. He'll be super stoked. Um, I didn't prefer it. It's not preferential. I prefer fantasy horror. This was definitely not fantasy horror. Um, but I understood it a little more. I'm just I'm just busting your ball. <laughs> yeah. Eric had a whole thing about paper airplanes, and now he's getting the missing pages. Yeah. That ben is looking for are getting thrown at him down the hallway in the shape of paper airplanes. Who is throwing those? What do you guys think? Who who was throwing those? Because that confused me. I'm like, who the hell? The monster with but his, why? his his bacon fingers. <laughs> well, the only other person there is the janitor, but I don't know. Can you throw a paper? Can you can you fold one? Can you <laughs> fold and throw a paper airplane with both your hands or hooks? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Also, when Eric, when Eric and Ben went down and checked, scoped out the, oh, here's these concrete trapdoors that I had a dream about. He found some teeth on the ground and just puts them in his pocket. Yeah, doesn't tell him. Doesn't tell Ben about it. They're dirty, nasty teeth He's on the ground. Why are you even day. touching them? <laughs> why, are, why are you even touching them? Because they're either important clues that you need to save for later, or they're just gross teeth on the ground, and you shouldn't, like... The immediacy with which he's like, I'll need these for later. Why? Why would you think that ever? Well, keep in mind, guys, this movie was pre-COVID area. So, you know, there's no risk of catching COVID <laughs> through, you know, um, saliva. So I guess this is pretty safe. Fair. 
he was going to give him to a witch to cast a spell. I don't know. <laughs> and then there's, again, I'm assuming a dream in which Ben sees D.F. White, the guy who wrote the book with the dream just like his, mm-hmm. and he chases him, and they're chasing, he's chasing him all over, and he chases him to a, a house full of pancake makeup zombies. And that's, uh, what is that? What is that? Um, is that what does that represent? What is it like? Did you notice his or suitcase? Or code? it represents nothing. His suitcase, no. the code to his suitcase is zero, 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 zero. See? I was like, what? Even if you get these missing pages back, they're just going to get stolen from you because you have the worst security. Like, Yeah. All of the, all of the people that do security um, for a living cringed in that moment. When they figured out the password is zero 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 zero. Well, this was I mean 1989. We were kind of still before really the age of like you have passwords. I didn't have passwords for things when I was a kid because computers were you know what they were, and the internet was just kind of getting off the ground. Like, what about now? I have to remember so many goddamn passwords. Yeah. Now. What about bike locks? Because if you didn't have a bike lock in those days. Yeah. You'd get jacked big time, especially if you grew up in the rough side of the neighborhood like I did. You needed a you needed a lock with a code or key or something. So Yeah, you need a combination lock for your school locker or your yeah. bike, but that didn't have to I didn't have nineteen of those and each one had to be different from the other one and it needed to have an exclamation point and a capital letter. It was just left this many, write this many, left this many, done. A little easier. True. It's definitely a movie that you, then, you uh, can't never know what's going to happen. <laughs> never know where it's going to happen next when you're watching this. No, I guess I guess it is a little unpredictable. It has that going for it. <laughs> so Eric has a dream that Julie is dead. And then Julie visits Ben's dreams and is trying to tell him to... I don't remember. Honestly, it doesn't matter. But it's more blah, blah, blah about the pages and whatever but then they're like oh no julie's been sucked into this too so they run to julie's house and she's just been decapitated <laughs> like sayonara julie it was fun. i would have rather watched you seemed more interesting than these two schmucks but and then when they take off what they take off and julie's like oh, oh all over this this window and then he takes off and he's hanging out the door like when did that happen like He's in the car behind the window and then he takes off and the dude's hanging out the car and he like pulls it back in. I just, I don't get how he got hanging out the car. Well, and then also, yeah, they flee Julie's because they saw Julie capticated, but then like zombie Julie is like scaring them or whatever. So they run away and again, report this to no one. <laughs> True. They, they never speak of it again, except that. So they, they drove away, right? They 100% drove yeah. away from Julie's house. And then the next the next day, when Eric wakes up, he's like, oh, I got to get my car. And then he goes out to his parking spot and it's gone. And he's like, oh, I left it at Julie's house. No, you didn't, motherfucker. I just watched you drive it away from Julie's house. Car? Was it the other dude, Ben's car? Yeah, because they both. Yeah, they came in separate cars. You're right. Because I asked the same thing. And I was like, what the? <laughs> yeah, that means. He walks again. 
they love walking it's in the budget yeah. it's free <laughs> they that that actually made sense to me because when they were bo they both kind of carpooled back and ben was the driver so i figured oh yeah you you it's like kind of when you get drunk and you leave your car at the party and then the next day you're like oh i gotta go get the car it kind of reminded me of that type thing Okay, but when you left that party and forgot your car somewhere, did you leave that party because your potential uh, love interest had been decapitated? Yeah. And the first thing you think of is, oh, I left my car there. Probably eh, not on you, unless you're a shitty person. Now I got to walk back to the dead lady's house to get my car. And I love That's that his concern, not she's dead. kicked him out. <laughs> The other dude just kicked him out of the house. It's like, nah, nah, I've done your shenanigans. Get out. <laughs> yeah, I do like that. That at this point, Eric is like, you're on your own, motherfucker. Like, because the monster's like scratching at the window or whatever, knocking on the door, and Ben's like, cool, you can have him. Or uh, uh, Eric Take him. and kicks Ben out. Like, <laughs> you go out and deal with this. This is not my problem. But of course, it is his problem because he's been sucked into this now too. I was thinking Julie's house was going to disappear too. Well, there's also a line. Ben says something about, I bet she's going to disappear or something just like Dr. Knox's house and my apartment. We missed a scene where he tried to go home and his apartment building was gone. What are you talking about? Oh, true. I don't know. But I do. Yeah, I do appreciate Ben being like, I don't want to be in this movie anymore. <laughs> Sayonara. <laughs> Get your ass outside. <laughs> But it's delayed. And they do do a good job, these two guys, of avoiding sucking anyone else into this. Like, I'm not 100% sure how Julie got brought into it in the first place. Did she read Ben's thing too? Well, she saw the. Did she you have to read his dream thing? She was doing the study with him. Yeah. yeah. I think Julie was just the casualty of uh, guilty by association. She was hanging around with these dudes and got caught up, you know? R.I.P. Julie. All right, you Make think you're choices. safe hanging out with the nerd guys? Apparently not always. Yeah, so they formulate this whole plan. We're going to lure the monster, which again can travel anywhere at any time and appear in any form it likes. But we're going to trick it into following us under the school or wherever and trapping it in this under these cement doors. We had to get some so cool it has chains. a physical form and a it has like a metaphysical form and a physical form, but. Which is which? When are you dealing with which one? Why is it linked to these pages? I don't know. I don't know. That scene where um, his foot get in, gets injured and then he has to hobble or <laughs> hobble up. around with the chains. I'm like, God, he's being so loud. I could just, I was just thinking that the whole time because he's like, <laughs> you know, just like <laughs> hobbling in the chains. Which just, I was like, oh, dude. If he didn't know you were here, now he knows you're here. No stealth. Yeah, whatsoever. Ben goes since since Eric kicked him out and doesn't want to be a part of the movie anymore. Ben goes by himself to where the cement trapdoor things are that he saw in his dream, and the janitor comes in with a mirror and smashes him over the head with it, <laughs> and he passes out. Like again, it doesn't it doesn't yeah. mean much, but it was pretty funny that he just broke this mirror over his head for no reason. And then Maybe that self in it and then you know that scene with the mirrors with all the mirrors and then you see the the shot of the monster that kind of reminded me of night of the demons when they have the broken mirror in pieces and then you see all the the kids faces and the mirrors that mirror shot mm -hmm. kind of resembled that 
Krypton way better. Yeah, I wonder. <laughs> I mean, it kind of makes me wonder if this guy, because this guy has made some other movies, nothing I've really heard of other than co-writing Train Quest, like I said, but has done some more horror movies and stuff in his life. And it makes me wonder if, you know, if this was like his test run, his first effort, just like Sam Raimi got better at making movies. I wonder if this guy's later movies, if he's taking, because you can see that he has ideas. They're not articulated particularly well, but even like visually he has, he's trying at things. He's trying at flourishes. He just doesn't have the budget or the skill yet to pull them off necessarily. It does make me kind of curious to watch something that he made in like 2011 or something. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. to see if, like, okay, did he parlay that? Well, if you look at his you know, page, he's um he's got a lot of awards. A lot of them are mostly for his his scores. So apparently, his um he's more of a composer, or at least he's better at composing <laughs> than writing or directing. And I actually kind of liked the score for this. It reminded me of like a Charles Band Full Moon. Like it reminded me of like the Puppet Master. Yes, he actually did a puppet master. (laughs) See, I didn't know that, but hearing it, it sounded a lot like the puppet master score, kind of the kind of the synthy. All right. Yeah, he did. um, Do that, that, man. Puppet master. Which one is? I think it's like six or something like that. I I did a puppet master for the show, not one of the good ones, unfortunately. (laughs) But yeah, Ben or not Ben. Um, yeah, Eric wakes up, thinks he's escaped from all this, and whatever Ben's doing, I don't care, and realizes he left his car at Julie's, so he's going to walk over there. Again, not terribly concerned that this woman is dead, and when he gets there, he gets his car, and then Julie's mom comes out, yeah. and it's like, you should come in. Julie's in the house, you know, so that's kind of creepy and, like, dreamlike. She's like, I knew that. In a way, it. better than most of it. Oh, yeah, that was really weird. I The, the old lady vibes uh, just kind of reminded me of, like, snow white with the with the old hag and the apple and she's like come in it's like uh don't bite the apple and Eric yeah she's like come in so for some smart. coffee <laughs> until that do you do you think this the that lady was a a product of the monster of the monster maybe it was one of his creation it has to be i can't imagine it's julie's actual mom who's like oh my daughter's dead here <laughs> Well, I mean, or unless she never saw the dead body because she was reanimated or whatever by the monster. I mean, but the mom's not real even because, but that implies that he has met Julie's mom because why is he picturing her looking a certain way? I don't know. These pictures on the wall, and then he just set copied. Maybe he entered Julie's house, oh, and maybe. then oh, there's a picture of the mom. Let me just, or maybe he was just dating Julie to get to her mom. You know. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's Granny Shager. <laughs> I read about you. But yeah, she invites a man and then she's like, well, I just finished cleaning. She's got blood on her hands and she's like, oh, Julie's in her room. And he goes, this made me laugh. He opens his door and all that's in the room, there's no furnishings, no nothing. It's just a coffin. <laughs> and he closes the door, goes across the hall, opens the other door and it's and another, another coffin. coffin. <laughs> I thought that was <laughs> great. It made me laugh so hard. <laughs> yeah and then julie is there yeah looking like a zombie he runs out runs back home leaves his car again 
and just runs like you came here to get your car and now you're leaving without it also if julie is actually if julie is actually dead and her decapitated body is somewhere in that house you probably don't want to leave your car there because sooner or later the police are going to wonder why your car is there yeah don't think too hard i didn't see any representation of law So he runs back, all the way back, and the book, the red book, is sitting on the steps, and he's like, no, 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 I'm not getting dragged back into this, even though you just saw some crazy shit, so you're clearly still in it, but whatever. Yeah. He tries to step over it, and this book, this is a much better puppet, I think, than the, I mean, it's also pretty bad, but better than the big monster. This book has, like, a mouth and teeth, and clomps onto his foot, and he's, ah, and he's dragging himself up the stairs, trying to kick this book puppet off his foot. It's pretty funny. It's very evil dead. <laughs> it is very evil dead. Me and Kat play Dungeons and Dragons. So um, it reminds me of the um, the mimic. Mm-hmm. That yeah. creature from Dungeons and Dragons with the book. Yeah, I was like, oh, they got a mimic in here. Is he a Dungeons <laughs> and Dragons fan or something? Yeah, could have been lifted from that or evil dead or. So he's cleaning up his wound and he's visited by zombie Julie again, who's like. I'm the monster and I'm right outside and you'd be better off killing yourself because when I get a hold of you, it's going to be way worse. So you should just kill yourself, which yeah, is fair, but also, but the, but the, but the, like, but, but what, explain to me what the monster's goal is. Is it to kill people? Is it to get them to kill themselves? Is it to just drive them crazy? I mean, if it's Lovecraftian, it should just be, it's just to drive people crazy and cause chaos. chaos. Yeah, I think, um, to get the most fear and chaos and um, panic out of people. And then finally, when it has all the energy it needs from you, it just kills you. That's how I saw it. But he's like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to kill myself. I'm going to go help Ben. Cause obviously this is still happening and it's true. So he runs to where he knows Ben will be. But again, the monster has knocked Ben out with a mirror. Ben has been laying unconscious on the floor for however long and just left him be. You could have eaten him then. You could have ripped his head off. Maybe Why, the like monster's you need... goal is for all of us to watch the movie and be totally confused <laughs> that we fed the monster with our confusion. It's like it's the end of In the Mouth of Madness, except instead of driving us crazy, it just makes us confused. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then, yeah, and he's dragging these chains around because the con- the cement trapdoors already have ropes that we've seen work to open it and close it. They're perfectly sufficient to handle the job, but they take the time to pull the ropes out and replace them with chains that he's dragging around through this building. For what? Well, remember the rope? One of the ropes um, snapped, so they needed the chain to be stronger because... You know, I don't know if you remember that scene where one of the ropes would just went. Psh. I clearly don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why they grabbed the chains because it, it was stronger than the rope. The rope, that rope was like some 99 cent Dollar Tree rope that just <laughs> a little a little blow on it and it just like collapses on itself. Also, what are what are these cement trap doors to? What is usually stored under there? We never see what's Demons, actually under Yes, <laughs> and hands, all, all the hands reaching. <laughs> you ever seen that before? <laughs> but there's a lot of hand stuff in this movie, and I don't mean in the fun, sexy way. And then Eric gets unceremoniously killed. The monster just appears behind him and pulls his head off like he does everybody, and just like 
okay, bye, Eric. I'm glad you showed up for the movie. And then, yeah, Ben lowers himself into the trap door with the page, which he got back when and how? The whole movie was him looking for this page. He got it from the homeless version of himself? or No, yeah. he, I thought he got it from the from the place where they were going to go get the monster. Isn't that where the page was? No, well, he well, he got it from him. his other self, balled it up and put it in his wallet. It gave it to him. And oh, then, yeah. yeah, he put that page in the between. He dropped it in, down into the bottom, I thought. Um, so I don't know how he had it. I guess when he jumped down, he grabbed it again. But again, because you you have dream logic as a crutch to fall back on nothing has nothing has to make sense and it's almost criticism proof you know i mean i've done my best here but if somebody comes at you you're the screenwriter and they're like hey this thing didn't make sense you're like ah dreams <laughs> it's your catch-all answer for everything so none of it matters and that's beyond dreams door a i i found a very uh I wouldn't even say confusing because that implies that I put the effort into thinking about it that Luna did. <laughs> just, I, yeah, kind of just, yeah. And I didn't care enough to put the effort into trying to figure it out. But that's me. Not everyone has the same experience. <laughs> well, doing if it means anything, I only paid this much attention because I knew I'd do this um, podcast with you and I didn't want to sound stupid. So that's why I did this much work into it. If I was just watching, and I was if I was watching this for fun, I would have probably just kind of been like, "This is stupid." Turned it off. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, that's why I take notes the way that I do. Because if you had an hour after I watched, if I hadn't taken notes an hour after I watched it, I would have been like, I wouldn't have been able to tell you a thing because <laughs> oh. it all just blurs together. Yeah, and that's Beyond Dreams Door. I didn't care for it myself, but yeah, your mileage may vary. It seems like it's possible to get something out of it, just not, I'm not that guy, I guess. And that's okay. It's okay to like a movie, which apparently a lot of people in Letterboxd like this movie. It's okay to not like a movie. Everything's fine. It is that time of the episode where I press the magic button and see what next episode's movie chosen completely at random from everything streaming will be. Pressing the magic button now. Well, hey, spooky season continues. Next week's, or next week, next episode's movie is George A. Romero Presents Dead Time Stories Volume 2 from 2011. It is on Tubi, of course. Where else would it be? Tubi is such a treasure trove of the perfect kind of junk for this show. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, George A. Romero Presents tells me this looks pretty lo-fi too, but I'm I'm gonna go on a limb and say it has to be a better movie than Beyond Dream Store. <laughs> Just say right. I guess we'll find out. And it it's looks like an anthology two, kind right? of thing. Yes. I have not watched volume one, so hopefully <laughs> I won't be lost. But I think it's an anthology thing. Just like you don't have to watch Creep Show to watch Creep Show too. Mm -hmm. I like so, anthology. Yeah, that's next. I do too when they're done. I mean any anthology I think is yeah, it's hit or miss. You have your. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of anthologies where every segment is awesome. 
I guess there's some where every segment is terrible, but you know, something <laughs> like ABCs of death, most of them are pretty bad, but there's a couple that are pretty good or uh, what's the other one I was thinking of like VHS. Usually there's one stinker in there and then one that's okay. And one that's really cool. So yeah. Yeah. Anthology is interesting. So that's everyone's homework for next episode. George A. Romero presents dead time stories. Volume two on Tubi. Is there a volume three? No. Okay. It'd be interesting to see what actually his involvement, like how involved in this, does he direct a segment of it? Or is he just like a producer? Or what does the presents mean, I guess, is my question. But when did he die? Usually it's produced. Because this, this is 2011. I hope this isn't like some posthumous where they're just slapping his name on something he had actually nothing to do with. When did he die? Well, 2017. So he still had, okay. All right. Interesting. Well, we'll see how that goes. Uh, thank you for joining me this episode. Ladies, where can people find and what will they find when they get there? Delight and fright. They will find um, interesting takes on horror. We try to have as many guests as we can for independent film. We try to help out um, writers as well. And uh, Luna loves to to uh, get feedback and and share a little bit about what you love to do, Luna. Um, I like to haggle people about making <laughs> fantasy horror movies because we yes. need more of that in their genre. So watch me convince directors to make more fantasy horror. That's just a fun thing that I do. But no, in all realness, um, we, we have a lot of fun. Um, we get, um, we have a comic book person coming on our show that has created uh, horror comics so that's going to be a lot of fun and they recently signed a deal with dark horse comics so um they're approaching that status so we love to promote um, any upcoming artist uh, whether it's making comics whether it's writing horror novels whether it's producing directing coordinating anything that involves horror we try to um, sample their work and then talk about it live with them um, so it's a lot of fun and you guys should come check out the show and see if you guys like it and and always looking for feedback if you guys want us to review um, a movie or anything that you guys want we do take requests and we have a lot of um, requests and collaborations with a lot of wonderful people. So you guys definitely need to check that out. Yes, you should. I'm a comic book guy. What's this uh, What's this gentleman's name? I will give you that information in just okay. a sec. That's I fair. need to pick up my marketing real quick. His name is Marcus Roberts. And he makes Shook the Black Horror Anthology as well as Mississippi Zombie. Um, so a lot of those okay. and then these damn kids which is a comic that cat picked up yes pretty dark <laughs> i like it <laughs> well i'm a i'm a comic book guy so i will check that out for sure everybody should go check out their stuff uh how about socials beyond just the youtube channel shout out your socials and stuff or any any way people can find and interact with you 
We are on Instagram. We are on TikTok. We are on Snapchat. We are on Facebook. Um, I pretty much snagged the name Delight in Fright on everything I possibly could. No weird symbols or letters or underscores, just the word delight, the word in, the word fright. You will find us. And we live stream our video every week on Facebook Live, on YouTube, and on Twitch. So you guys can watch our live stream on any of those platforms. We're currently working on getting all of our stuff in audio format to the um, major podcast shows, but we just haven't made it that far. We're just pumping out a lot of uh, video episodes and then we'll convert the file over and then kind of release them out that way. But you can see all the stuff that we've done in video form if you want to see our lovely faces. And we're also Excellent. on the only um, horror social app for horror people by horror people. And we interviewed the, the creator, Damon, and the app is Slasher. So definitely check out the Slasher app and uh, create a free profile. Everybody you know is going to be into horror that's on there. So it makes everything a lot more easier when you're looking for other fellow horror junkies. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I made a lot of connections that way. Shout out to Slasher. Shout out to Damon, who has been on this show twice. Nice. Whoa, nice. He's been on our Great. show also. We love him. Yeah, he rules. Slasher rules. Uh, I, who did not have the foresight to uh, get all of my things under the same name, uh, can be found <laughs> on Twitter uh, at HeathLambert78. The show is at that's a random P2 for some reason. Uh, and then TikTok, Mastodon, Hive, and Slasher, some form or other of that's a random podcast, that's a random or that's a random pod try all those if, <laughs> if one doesn't work the other one probably yeah i think that'll do it for this week thanks again to luna and cat of delight and fright for joining me go check out all their stuff and be back here next episode for dead time stories volume two bye everybody thank you thanks for having us bye everybody